Hello, I'm your oldest brother, Jackson McMurray. And I'm your baby sister, Adeline McMurray. <laughs> baby sister of 330 Media Luminary. <laughs> you're and right, you're right, you're right. Restart. Okay, restart. Okay. No, restart. <laughs> okay. Hello, I'm your youngest... No, wait, I got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm your oldest brother, Jackson McMurray. And I'm a 30 under 30 Luminary's best baby's brother. <laughs> what does he say? <laughs> I'm Adeline McMurray. And this is No Nerds Allowed. There are no nerds allowed. It's 30 under 30 media luminary. Great, whatever. I thought it was like Forbes or something. I thought he anyway, did a quick name drop. That's not our... The podcast, famous for the My Brother, My Brother and Me lawsuit. God, that'd be so great. Let's just try to get sued by someone famous and that's how we'll do this. Like, sorry, I got distracted because uh, Anna's very, uh, you know what, okay, Anna might be texting me about the very, yes, she is, okay, she's texting me about the very same thing that we were just recently talking about. Okay, um, great. <laughs> that's what distracted me, but it's not really a distraction because it's on brand. So, Adeline, I believe we're going to watch the Cats trailer live on camera, yes? Oh, yeah, what, is it a movie? It's a movie, yeah. Okay, are this you sending drop, me the link? Was, uh, I mean, you could just search Cats trailer. Fine, I will. Uh, this is um, this is a Comic Con trailer drop. One of those famous Comic Con okay. trailer drops. Yeah, that's the thing about Comic Con is that the word comic doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore. No, it doesn't mean anything. Um, the Top Gun trailer dropped at Comic Con <sighs> today too. I just got the picture for it. Yeah, just What's go. That? Just start it. What's oh, Idris Elba. <laughs> Ian McClellan. Taylor Swift. Yeah, man. Just start it. Oh, okay. It's playing. It's loading. YouTube's trying to save me. <laughs> He's giving you an out. It's only 15 seconds long. Oh, this is an advertisement. <laughs> Dove's talking to me about my microbiome. And how my skin needs to be polished, just like a car. So, a microbiome is definitely something they made up, like, right? <laughs> like, um, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's hard starting, to it's think. starting, it's starting. Okay. All right. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, it <laughs> fucking sucks. Ah! <laughs> what? Oh, my. Uh, old lady cat. Oh, why are there so many of them? <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, she's dancing. She's got a necklace on. I can see her weird cat butt. Oh, my God. There's Johnny Depp as a cat. Johnny I don't Depp's know if it's it. Johnny Depp. It looks like it's Johnny Depp-esque. She, they are weirdly covering her boobs, like, going to her stomach because she's a cat. Oh, James Gordon, what are you doing? Jason Derulo. Yeah, I know. Why Jason Derulo in it? Oh my god. Ian McClellan, why are you a cat with a mustache? Their faces look computer animated. It's yeah, because no, they it look is. Awful. Director of King's Speech, what the hell are you doing? Oh my god. It's, you know what? It's the human noses. That's what it is. Do you think so? 
I think it's the whole thing, actually. I think it's every decision they made. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I thought. That's kind of what I thought it was. <laughs> the holy season. What will I believe? Oh God. <laughs> 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 it's the, why would you take the world's most hated musical and make a film about it? <sighs> and it's so funny. Like I was saying earlier, Comic Con doesn't mean anything anymore. No, like, comic who, okay, books are like, not a part of it. Who is the audience for this? Yeah, exactly. Your it's, really creepy aunt. I think it's just trying to capitalize. Like, Disney's doing big live-action musicals now. Yeah. But they're adaptations of their own stuff. Yeah. So I feel like they think that the reason those are successful are just because they're big musical adaptations. No. But it's not that. It's because it's, it's movies because that it's people are already like. It's because it's not Cats the Musical. Yeah, also okay, true. why is it that every fantasy world on the planet can have a cat person that doesn't look that weird and then this exists and just <laughs> destroys it. Right. Like, the Khajiit in Skyrim, like, aren't that bad. They're like, they're like dudes with cat faces and you're like, okay, that's cool. These ones are too human and so yeah. they suck. Well, they've uh, got, like, Khajiit has, like, a cat head. Yeah. Like, it's not an anthropomorphized head. Like, the head is just the head of a cat, you know? Yeah. And it's, um, it looks okay, and then they have, like, human hands and feet, and everyone's like, that's fine. Right. But this... And so, oh. okay, I just want to talk about the fact that we're... So we're in day one of San Diego Comic-Con as we sit down to record. Oh, are um, we? Yeah, we are. Um, and the trailers that have dropped for big movies so far have been It Chapter 2. It's Makes not sense. really not really science fiction or comic book based, but it's closer than the other things I'm about it's to like say. It's like literary. There's book nerds. Yeah, um, so Cats and Top Gun, which That's, is literally YouTube the YouTube tried to show me that thing. trailer, and I wouldn't let them. It actually looks pretty good. Have you seen it? No. Is it's Top so, Gun okay. the one where all the men have that volleyball scene? Yes. Um, okay, that's all but, I know about Top Gun. <laughs> but this Top Gun sequel has Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie as producers, so they're going, like, total Mission Impossible Fallout on it, and it's all, yeah. like, uber-practical <laughs> jet stunts. It's, like, Tom Cruise actually flying at the speed of sound in a jet and shit. It's like, oh, God. God damn it. This sounded so stupid. It's like, this sounded so stupid when you were telling me that they are making a sequel to Top Gun, but now that I'm, like, looking at it, it's like, oh, yo, this looks like it might slap, actually. <laughs> it's gonna slap you. It's in 4D. Yeah. <laughs> You can really feel the G-force in the theater. <laughs> it's like when you go to Disneyland and you go to that theater that has, like, the fans in it. It's like that. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Except they have in this rats crawling on your feet. And they put you in the cockpit and then they just apply about 400 pounds of pressure to your torso. Like, yeah. as you sit in the theater. They just hire a man to, like, walk over and push on your chest for two hours. <laughs> just get somebody to sit on you. He's very <laughs> oily and he's in volleyball shorts, but... <laughs> Um, so yeah, this has been Cats Watch 2019. Oh, God. Do we have to watch Cats when it comes out? Yeah, I think maybe we do. Oh, God. Um, Like, people historically hate Cats because it's the weirdest thing on the planet. I don't think that's true. It's the longest, or I think actually Phantom of the Opera might be now, but it at least used to be the longest running Broadway musical. 
but it was also the epitome of why Broadway Musical was bad. <laughs> yeah, okay, but people liked that version. <laughs> I mean, of it, I though. guess that's true. People do like cats. I'm just saying there's something <laughs> wrong with them. If you like cats, <laughs> please contact help. Stop it. Get some help. Get some help. <laughs> Throw a trash um, crayon through a stained glass window. Um, do you have anything else you want to bring up, or do you want to just get into it? I've we've done enough. <laughs> so what movie did we watch today, Adeline? We watched the 1985 Clue, the movie, not the board I'm glad game. I watched the right movie. What? I'm glad I watched the right movie. Like I got yeah. about halfway through it, and there was a part of me that was like. We haven't talked about this in a hot second, and I really hope we didn't change <laughs> to watch a whole new movie. But Man, I, did I really watch hope the right I didn't just watch Clue for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so did you like this movie? It. All right. So the thing about this movie <laughs> is that when it was released in 1985, it absolutely bombed, and then it nowadays it's like a cult classic. Like people love right. Clue. But, so, I, I don't know why it bombed. Like, honestly, personally, like, it's not, it's not the best comedy, but it got some good laughs. I think it's a really creative and fun concept, and I think they handle it pretty well. It gets super yeah. convoluted, but at least they explain it. Right. And, like, honestly, I think the alternate endings thing is, like, such a good marketing idea. Like, I, I don't right. know. I just thought it was, like, a really creative. I didn't understand why it did so poorly. Right. See, did you not like know, it? My- I don't not really. My biggest takeaway is that it, it really wants to be a Marx Brothers movie, but yeah. it's just not fast enough to really make that work. Yeah, it really does slow down at the middle part. Yeah. Um, like the beginning is Well, super I don't even fun. necessarily mean in terms of like plot pacing. I mean like the jokes aren't like quick and fast and witty enough. Like there's not enough of them. There's not a like the concentration isn't high enough for that I guess style true, of joke yeah. to really work. I think it's because it's based on Clue, which is probably one of the most convoluted and dialogue-based board games on the planet. (laughs) Right. Have you ever played Clue? I haven't. Me and Mom bought Zelda Clue, and we still haven't played that. But that actually seems like fun. (laughs) The, um, okay. Give me just a second. I'm going to stand up and get my notes really quick, because I left them on my bed. Okay, but I want to hear your Clue story when you get back. And he's walking away, and he's picking up his notes that were two feet away, and he's Okay, I've, I've been able to visually see you talking for the last 15 seconds, and uh-huh. I don't know what you said, so I hope it don't was funny. Don't worry, it wasn't funny. <laughs> um, the, uh, so, okay, this movie... Wait, wait have I've... you ever played Clue? No, I have not ever played Clue. We should play Clue. That'll be okay. the next video we upload. We'll just yeah, be asking some play people Clue playing live Clue. On air. Um, we should do that when we go to Seattle with everybody. We should play Clue. Okay, sounds good. A <laughs> <laughs> very limited time in Seattle. We'll spend about four hours of it playing Clue. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. This movie almost never, like, cuts to anywhere else. There's, there, like... I don't want to say there's no montages in it because that doesn't mean what I am trying to say. But, like, the idea of montage where you cut between two things that are separate and you infer that time has passed between them, you know? Yeah. Um, They don't do that in this movie at all. No, like, it takes over the... It like, it's... They're like, okay, we have an hour to the police come and we, ha- and we see every minute of that hour. Yeah, exactly. And that... 
is not good in a movie that is so based on like tight, fast-paced jokes. You know, I guess that's true. Like they do a few jokes, and then they show you the entire time of everybody walking from one room to another. Like they but can't I just feel like cut that's to the next part of room. The comedy, though. I guess. Like, but, when they're doing the wrap-up and the butler's explaining, like, how he thinks right, it all right. happened, and they're just, like, sprinting across the house. Like, that's really funny. <laughs> no, that's true. That is really funny. But all the times when it's not explicitly played for comedic effect, it's, like, that's ten seconds true. of dead air, where they're just, like, shuffling around. And I really think this script should have just been produced as a play. I think it would have worked better. Yeah. Like, okay, new, new hot take on No Nerds Allowed. Every single film that's okay <laughs> should have just been a Broadway play. <laughs> but, like, in this one particular... See, okay, I think if, like, Thoroughbreds, like we talked about last episode, we said it could have been a play. Well, it was supposed but, to be a play. Right. Um, but, you know, I think as a film or as a play, it does its job equally well, you know? Yeah, like, it, it was script- either or or. It still does what it needs to do. Yeah, yeah, Particularly in this movie, all the scenes where everybody's all at once, like, talking to each other and accusing each other and going back and forth, I wanted to just be able to see everybody at the same time, and I couldn't, yeah. you know? Like, and the always... editing is kind of disjointed in this movie. So the fact that they're constantly cutting between all these different people in the same room with all these crazy lines of action... It, like, not only disorients your sense of space, but it also, like, it. I just wanted to be seeing more people at a time than I was mm-hmm. ever able to. Does that well, make sense? Well, especially because it becomes important, like, who was in the room and who wasn't in the room. Exactly, yeah. And then as a viewer not being able to see all of a room, it, yeah, it does get hard. Well, because what's another cool thing about this movie is that they definitely do, like, sprinkle in, like, clues for the endings or one of the endings or all the endings throughout the rest of the film. But again, right. because they keep that camera in so tight and don't show you everything, I feel like they're kind of wasted. Right. Like, when they're at the dinner, like, there's definitely something going on where, like, only some people have red wine or some other people have, like, more drinks than other people have. Like, there's definitely, like, clues going on that they're trying to give right. you, but, like, I can't see them for long enough to figure them out. Yeah, it actually synthesize much of anything. Yeah. Um, so, going through this movie uh, chronologically, it has the worst opening crawl it's just like five minutes of like 20 names against this background of just like a clouds moving yeah and it's bad and then eventually we get to like a car driving and it's like okay yeah and i feel like that's probably this movie has a very like old school sensibility to it oh yeah totally and that's probably on purpose because you know in old movies like that they put pretty much all the credits up front in that same kind of way you know, so I feel like that's what they're trying to allude to, but it was also boring in the 50s, and it's still boring now. <laughs> it so... was boring then, and it's boring now. <laughs> yeah, just because they did it a long time ago doesn't mean it is good Good to do. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason we've stopped doing it. It's because it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then... It's like, you know, we got you in this theater to watch this movie. You're going to sit you right down, and first thing you're going to do is you're going to read for about... Eight minutes before anything happens. Oh, okay. Will it uh, be a uh, plot relevant? No, it's <laughs> no. just a bunch of names. Yeah. Just space out for ten minutes and try not to fall asleep and also eat all of your popcorn. <laughs> yeah, this is the point at which you open all your candy. That's what yeah. this is for. <laughs> like, Don't really, this wait is until even... the dramatic part. 
You would you would send a telegram to your secretary telling her to clean your schedule, and you would open up all your snacks. <laughs> yeah. What are you other old timey things? Don't wait until it gets kind of quiet for you to like open up your crinkly zots or whatever you brought into the theater. Yeah, What's an old timey candy? Yeah, open your Coca Cola bottle. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, my um my notes are a little bit sparse on this one, just because like. In general, I have like some big ideas that I think about it. Yeah. And like all the all the minutia of what actually happens is just kinda like uh yeah. Yeah. I mean I uh, have a little bit. I only tracks. about I only have about like a page of stuff too. Yeah. yeah. But uh the whole sequence at the beginning where the butler like comes up and there's the dogs chained up and he like throws the meat and stuff is cool, but it literally we never come back to that for any reason yeah it doesn't tell you anything like no the only thing it does is like introduce you visually to tim curry's character which is like yeah. okay sure like I, we've got to get acquainted with him at some point i guess but it's like he feeds some dogs and steps in poop haha maybe it's like, supposed to okay, be like great. it's not his house but if but it seems like he knows how to get into there so it probably is his house i don't yeah. know yeah it like literally doesn't serve any purpose but yeah I um, I appreciate the satire of not only the actual game of Clue, but also of just, like, all the old murder mysteries. But the nurse's right. costume is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like, and, I like, understand every... I understand what they're doing, but... <laughs> yeah, no, it's just one of those things. It's like, is paying homage to something old and gross still old and gross? Or is it kind of yeah. cool if you're doing it in kind of a tongue-in-cheek way? It's yeah. just one of those questions that I have to ask myself constantly in the 21st century, and I never know what the answer is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, just like find a woman if she's okay with it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Any woman. If someone's willing to do it, it can't be that bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah. I, like I do. This... I appreciate sort of the like plot gymnastics they have to go through to like set this up to kind of feel like a game of Clue, though. Yeah. Like everyone's blackmailed and that's why they show up and it's so weirdly convoluted but it all like works out in its yeah, own it all kind totally of way works. i mean there's just so many like tiny gags in this movie that like worked so well like it's it's kind of a stupid joke but when they first go into the library and the butler is showing mrs white in and he totally just like hits the colonel with the door and the colonel's stuck behind the door like that's really funny it's the <laughs> right. stupidest gag on the planet but like it works yeah. And that's the thing. Another thing, like, in plays, you can have sort of, like, background sight gags like that. Yeah. And they work really well, but in a movie like this, it's distracting, you know? That's true, Like, it sort yeah. of, it takes away from the centralized focus of the of the camera, you know? Like, what was and there's the a lot play... of moments like that. Go ahead. What was the play that the senior class at LC did my freshman year? That was the whole thing about the backstage of the Broadway show? Noises Off? Noises off. Yeah. That's a good example of what you're talking about. There's so many, like, yeah, totally. background sight gags in that play, and it's a hilarious and awesome play. I feel like that's what they were kind of trying to do. Yeah, exactly. But weren't willing to commit to it. Right. And, but yeah, it, and it's just another part of it. And I was going to say, I think Clue has been adapted for the stage. Like, that's a thing, it, right? It's gotta. Yeah, I'm going to look it okay. up. Yeah, Clue I'm doing play. some quick research. My internet is so we much We should watch all of the plays chatting, the of way. the things that we said should have been plays. <laughs> Except we can't, because no, no plays ever do anything, and no one can ever see them. 
There's Clue the Musical. That's close that enough. That is a thing, isn't it? Wait, there's Clue on stage. Yeah, no, there's a play. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's based yeah, off I'm of the movie. I'm willing to bet it's much better. Yeah. Yeah. Based on Hedgehog. There should have yeah, been a play based, based on, on the picture, movie. based on the game. Yeah. So it's right. based on the movie. Um. And yeah, so, like... Yeah, basically, that's just... That's most of what I have to say about this movie, honestly. It's just that, like, I think it should have been a play. I want to be able to see everything all at once, but I can't. Because it seems like they're actually filming in a real house, and they can't move the camera far back enough to show you everybody at the same time. Cause yeah, that must room. be what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? I appreciate the amount of slapstick in this movie for a movie made in 1985. Like, I guess the 80s was probably a really big year for screwball comedy, but I feel like after the 80s, like, we haven't had a good, like, screwball comedy. Like, we have... Right. We have a lot of lowbrow stuff, like Dumb and Dumber, and we have a lot of, like, more highbrow stuff. But, like, I don't know. I feel like we haven't had, like, a true screwball Mid-brow. comedy. Yeah, in a really long time. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think, like, in the vein of something like Clue or, like, a Marx Brothers movie that's, well, like, Airplane... pretty broad, but not, like, stupid. Yeah. Well, because Airplane was in the 80s, and that's definitely a screwball movie. Yeah. And that's that's all of them. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a weird, I think Game Night could fit pretty well into that sort of oeuvre. Into Screwball? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's not necessarily slapsticky, but it's, like, really farcical yeah. in nature. And it's not, like, a highbrow comedy, but it's not, like, a gross-out lowbrow comedy either, yeah. you well, know? Screwball is actually a very specific term in film that it's... In between high and low, but also has a lot of sexual undertones because right. that's how they got around censorship was with making jokes <laughs> out of sexual stuff and doing innuendos right. and stuff. So if unless they did that, then it's not a screwball, Jackson. <laughs> um, Take no, a not film really. class. I don't know, maybe. You haven't even seen it. You should I see it. Not. I Do need you know, to see it. It's on Game my Night's list. Night's like one of my favorite movies in the last few years. It's so yeah. good. I, um, I wouldn't want to do a podcast about it, though, because I would just be like, this part was funny. And this part was funny. I laughed at that. Yeah, it's really and... hard to talk about comedy movies because, like, yeah. the movie isn't super interested in the plot because it's a comedy. So, right. why would you be? And so then you're just saying, yeah, then you're just saying they're going, these are my favorite vines. Let me say them. Because <laughs> they're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> We've never done that. Um, <laughs> there's just so, this is this is me stealing a joke, but when they get into the dining room, and there's the gag that they're like slurping their soup, the slurp slurping their soup. All I can think about <laughs> is the way he slurps up his soup. What an asshole! Like that's just all I can think about. <laughs> is that a Game Grumps? Yeah, that's Game Grumps okay, talking okay. about Ganondorf. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Um. Okay. So maybe you can help me uh, translate the next thing I wrote down. Cool. Um. Objects is a word development. No. I wrote down the words objects is a word development. Are you the next thing that I have written down? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I think it might be what you were talking about. I said that because they go, they basically figure what's going on. They're all being blackmailed by Mr. Body. 
And they're like, okay, we're gonna call the police. Blah, blah, blah. And then Mr. Body's like, no, here all, here's a bunch of murder weapons. And if one of you kills the butler, then we don't have to talk to the police. And they're yeah, like, yeah. oh. Right, right, right. But okay. they, and oh, then and he I, hands I out. I wrote down weird. I figured it out. I wrote down weird, not word. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but then the he hands out all these murder. The objects are a weird development. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. The idea was really cool. That's like, hey, you all have murder weapons. And I'm saying if you kill this guy, then we don't have to do it. I'm going to turn out the lights and then nobody will know. And that's a really interesting setup. But that's like a candlestick and a wrench and a lead <laughs> yeah, pipe. Know. Like all of the weapons except for the and knife and the rope. gun are super lame. Yeah, I know. No, and you know, it's kind of what I was talking about before is sort of the like plot gymnastics they have to do in order to uh, incorporate elements from a board game you yeah know? but i think they managed to pull it off pretty well you know oh, like yeah. it seems it's kind of goofy and contrived still but it like it it works in its own kind of way i mean but the in the true ending at the end where he's like but who killed mr Bodie? it was me with a gun in the hallway and then they all kind of look in the camera <laughs> for a second and then move on like it's like that kind right. of payoff where it's like well yeah. They, yeah you did it you did what you wanted to do yeah no totally um, there's just a moment that I thought was really funny where, uh, the gay guy slaps the hysterical woman in the face, but he, like, super doesn't get her in oh, the yeah. face. It's like he slaps her in, like, the chest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That happens a lot where they do fight scenes and they're really, really bad. I don't know if that was intentional to kind of make fun of old <laughs> fight scenes or if they were Maybe. just really bad. Could be. I think that um, might have been why this movie flopped, is that sometimes you can't tell when they're making a joke and when they're just being incompetent. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, the, uh... Oh, okay. Um, that scene... Okay, this is the absolute weirdest scene to me. Yeah. There's that bit where they, like, Tim Curry is like, okay, we're all gonna split up and we're gonna draw straws to see who goes with who. And he, like, chops up the matches, and we see him chop up every single match individually. And then he turns around, and they all start to draw straws. And then we watch everybody walk up and draw a straw. And then afterwards, everybody sort of looks at each other and kind of tries to figure out who has the same straw as them. And if you're getting super bored listening to me describe it right now, imagine <laughs> how I felt having to watch it. Like, literally, it's there. like two minutes plus of the shot of them just drawing straws and figuring out yeah. where, like how they're going to split up. Like, you know what I would have done? I would have had somebody say, we're going to draw straws, showed them drawing straws, like maybe all at once, and then just cut to them doing whatever they're going to do. Whatever the hell they were doing, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jesus, it was so long. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of really, there's, the gags in this movie are kind of few and kind of far apart. But there are so many gags that do really get me. And this was probably... I have to ex describe this one. It's like, this would be a perfect vine. It's where they go... <laughs> they get they find Mr. Body's actual dead body. And he falls out of the bathroom onto the lady. And she's about to pass out. And the butler's like, oh, come over here. I'll catch you. And then she just, like, falls <laughs> through his arms and, like, through his legs onto the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this weird, like, random, really quick shot. And then we move on. Yeah. Like, it's hilarious. It is really good. It's like they just, um, like, copy-pasted a vine, like, right into the middle of this movie just yeah. real quick. Um, I was going to say, and there's a couple of moments where, uh, just a little, a couple of bits that really got me that I wrote down. Yeah. Right at the very beginning, there's this moment where they're, like, kind of handing out drinks to everybody, and one of the guys is just like, oh, great, and, like, clinks it against this woman's glass. I don't, I, this is before I was familiar with the characters, so I don't remember which ones it were. Yeah. But, uh, and he just, like, clinks it against this woman's glass, and she, like, jumps and is, like, 
really offended at the fact that he just clinked his glass against her glass, and I thought it was really funny. Um, do you even remember that shot at all? No. Okay, cool. It was really good. <laughs> Great. Um, I'm glad. Maybe I'll edit it into the YouTube version of this. Great. Um, well, yeah. And this... when that motorist like comes to the door and he's like, "Can I use your phone?" And they're all like, "Oh yeah." And he's like, "Oh okay, great. Where is it?" And Tim Curry's like, "What the body?" <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "What?" Yeah, I mean, Tim Curry absolutely carries this film on his back. Like, I think so too. The butler's a great character, and he's the <laughs> the butler is the only reason that anyone knows what's going on at all at any time. Right, and like. Half of these jokes, there's just a lot of them, and so many of them are just, like, these really, like, half-assed double entendres. Yeah. Like, they're just like, oh, I'm really full, and someone else is like, oh, are you? And you're like, okay, or, this is nothing. And, and it's because these are, the, the joke is that these are two-dimensional characters, because they're based off of characters from Clue. So right, they're yeah. like... I don't even remember what the line is, but it's like, oh, you need practice. And then the sexy lady is like, I think all men need a little practice, don't you think? And it's like, what's wrong with you? Like, this what is that joke even supposed to mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, he's like, oh, I used to run a practice. She's like, all men need a little practice, right, ladies? And it's like, what? <laughs> no? It's like the writers were just, like, banging their heads against the wall. It's just like, <laughs> fuck, basically, how do we make as many that's what she said jokes as we can in this scene? <laughs> I need more goofs. Yeah, it's um, like the the characters are I do enjoy the characters that they have because they're just such classic I mean they're clue characters, they're two dimensional, right. they're classic and they're funny. But yeah, like they do know how to handle these characters, like the having them like pair up and split off. Like it knows that they know how to handle these characters and like the duos that they get into because those duos are like set up for comedy and they do get comedic. Like they just right. know how to use the characters. But are there really any good gags in any of those sequences though? No, and that's what's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like all the gags they do are not at all specific to their characters. No. And they're also just not really that good in the first place. Yeah. It's like, here's one where the two people are both afraid of the dark. That's yeah. funny. Well, and then these the guys, one, one of them Mrs. falls White... down the stairs. Yeah, there's a the one in, where Mrs. White is in the room and the lights go off and she's, like, walking around. But then this giant jack-in-the-box goes off and I'm... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was just like, why the fuck does this exist? Where did this come from? <laughs> was that something in an earlier draft of the script? Like, what uh, happened maybe? here? Maybe, I don't know. One of the gags that I did really like is there's a gag that you keep thinking that a, that a chandelier is going to fall on the colonel, but it never does. I thought that was really good. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, He's just, like, okay. always standing underneath a chandelier right before it falls. <laughs> right. Um, the, okay, this is, like, way at the end of my notes already. Yeah. But um, at the... Um, there is one moment where they do a hard cut from one spot to another, though. And it's actually really funny. It's when they walk outside and they, like, pick up the dead body of that, like, Candy Graham girl. What's yeah. the name of it? Um, Singing Telegram. Singing Telegram, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's another body or whatever. And they, like, pick her up and they're like, okay, put her <laughs> put her in the study. And then they just, like, hard cut to her <laughs> dropping a third body on top of two yeah. others. <laughs> and that's really funny. Like, if I they did... had used editing to their advantage at all in this movie, I think it would have been so much better. I know. Well, and it's... <laughs> the jokes that come with there being just, like, three dead bodies are all really good. 
like at the beginning where the colonel like checks in the room and they're and he's like just checking just checking <laughs> two dead bodies everything's fine like that's really funny <laughs> that's a really good one too and they can <laughs> and when Yvette gets murdered and they just like walk into the pool room and then walk back out <laughs> it's yeah. also really funny yeah like it's just like hey, at this point so yeah okay so I have sort of a big idea I want to talk about about the multiple endings. Yes. Um, first of all, it's a cool idea that they set up different plot devices for the three different ones, right? Yeah. And like, and I'm going to talk about this not in the version that we watched it where we saw all three, but just yeah. like presuming that you saw it in theaters and you only got to see one of them. Yeah. Um, like one of them is the best one pretty definitively, right? Like the first one, right? Oh, I was saying, like, the third one, where it's, like, everybody was, like, involved. I mean, I like I like that one because the character that the FBI agent gets. And I right. like the, and Butler being Mr. Body and stuff. Like, that's really cool. But I feel like everybody being the killer is just kind of a cop-out. Especially when you're basing right. it off Clue. When it's like, oh, we have all these clues. Here's, who's the murderer? And it's like, it's everybody. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> right. dumb. Yeah. I don't know, but... It didn't feel like a cop-out because it was, like, pretty well-reasoned, though. It was. And Um, when you see all three of them right in a row where they're like, oh, this is all her motives, this is all her motives, and you get to the end and you're like, well, everybody had a motive and everyone could have done it this way. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's the point of Clue is that all of the characters could have done it and you're trying to figure out who actually did. Um, But uh, this is really similar to a conversation I heard a lot of people saying when... um, Bandersnatch came out a little while ago. The, like, Choose Your Own Adventure Black Mirror episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because if you've got, like, multiple endings to this story, you should be making sure that every possible, like, branch gets the same amount of care from a storytelling perspective, you know? Yeah. Like, in Bandersnatch, depending on the decisions you choose, you can personally, like, sort of water down the story based on what you do or you can have like a really narratively strong one depending on how you select things like if you make the not the wrong decisions but depending on the decisions you make sometimes like background or like minor characters can kind of phase out of the story and not ever come up again and stuff like that like that if you're doing something like this what you should be doing is making sure that like every possible thread gets an equal amount of care in the writing you know Mm -hmm. I think and that's I been like... the that's been the Go problem ahead. with choose your own adventure stuff since choose your own adventure became a thing, because it's <laughs> right. cool to have agency over the story, but it's you have all the power in the world to fuck it up and create a bad story. Yeah, like, exactly. There's there's always like five endings, but there's always a true ending, and there's always like <laughs> right. three lame endings where it's yeah. like oh, you open the door and it was the exit, and you can just walk out. It's like yeah, and it's. <laughs> I had, not to make this about D&D, but D&D is a little bit like that, because it's not necessarily choose your own adventure, but the story is dictated by the person consuming it rather than the author, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So I heard someone describe D&D, it's like if you wrote a Harry Potter book and Harry Potter decided, had did, there was a possibility that Harry Potter could just decide to not do anything. And it's like, well, then right. the story's ruined. Ruined Because as an author writing a regular story, you can be like, oh, well, Hermione walks up to this door and opens it. But in D&D or Choose Your Own Adventure, there's a possibility that Hermione doesn't open the door. And then it's like, right, well, then yeah. what the fuck do we do? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I guess that's just how I felt. Like, at least to me, I felt like the third one had, like, the strongest narrative payoff of, like, the setup leading up to it, you know? Yeah. Like, it felt like the most cohesive and the most, like, everything that you've seen already, like, coming together for, like, a strong resolution. Mm-hmm. And the other two just didn't feel quite as strong to me. It's like they were, you know, purposefully designing three different endings, but it's yeah, like exactly. they had we one have and a true one two other ones. Yeah, yeah. Um and I mean, like Yeah, yeah, go ahead. The second one's definitely the worst one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which one's the second one? The second one is when it's the senator's wife and she's like, I did it and they're like, Oh, but they're like, she, okay, so yeah, she kills all of the blackmailers just because she doesn't want to get blackmailed. And so Tim Curry's like, yeah, you killed all the black, the black mirrors. Oh, that's what right. The black black mirrors? Black, all the black mirrors. All the black mailers. <laughs> you can go, and then she gets arrested, and it's like, okay, well. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. But because the um, first one, it's with Scarlet, and Scarlet, like, actually has a motive because she doesn't want to get found out and all these things, and she's, like, doing stuff to, like, protect herself, and, like, that one's interesting and actually has a fun- I like the resolution of that one where it's like, you don't have any bullets left, and she's like, no, I shot two oh, yeah. and then one and then two, like, <laughs> that that's really funny. good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I felt that- I- when- before I saw the third one, I thought that was the best one because the second one sucks, but, yeah. Right. Third one's See, good, too. I feel like they, like, did most of what I would want out of a scenario like this. Because presumably the idea is to just, like, sow seeds of chaos in culture, basically. I mean, where it's yeah. like, two people talking about the movie would be like, oh, it's so crazy that this happened at the end. The other person would be like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, can, okay. But, like... No, sorry, real quick. People talk about all the time about, like, being able to see Star Wars for the first time and how it totally, like, changed you as a person seeing Star Wars for the first time. Can you imagine if Star Wars had different endings? How that would just, like, (laughs) destroy pop culture as we know it? That Um, would be so good. (laughs) But, like, I feel like the first two endings aren't really different enough for that to be really that funny. Yeah, like, I mean, it's just more of... At the end of... of the day, it's like, a different person did it, but it's still like, oh, the butler was an undercover agent, and they get arrested at the end because that guy was J. Edgar Hoover or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, it's just, it would just be like, your friend would just think that you got the characters confused. <laughs> exactly, yeah. but the, And so what I would do if I were in charge of this process, I would really make sure that, like, totally and fully completely different things happened in all three. Like, yeah. in the very last one, it was like, oh, the butler was Mr. Body, and they're all criminals and they're all gonna go and never speak of the night again and one of them is like he was an undercover cop and they all got arrested and then like yeah. the third one would be like and the house fucking exploded and they all died yeah. at the end like just yeah. so it's like totally different yeah and then the colonel was a werewolf like that kind of thing <laughs> yeah exactly do you know did they just distribute different prints of the movie to different theaters or did every theater like alternate i don't know i assume they would just give different theaters different ones that seems like right. the easier thing to do <laughs> yeah if they were doing this right they would have alternated different showings that way yeah. like you and your friends could get in a fight about it yeah exactly people you knew but um yeah i don't know yeah i gonna... going going back into the movie a little bit this isn't really criticism well i when i watched this movie 
and they introduced a, a black character into a murder mystery. I was like, oh, look at my watch. It's the year 1980. He's going to get murdered. <laughs> no, but, yeah, for sure, for sure. But it's okay because he wasn't the first one to get murdered. And right, several yeah. other people got murdered. And he's also <laughs> the world's coolest cop. Because he walks into a room of a bunch of people drunk and making out. And he's like, this isn't illegal. I need to use your right. phone. <laughs> So, yeah, he's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I was like, gonna honestly, say, I do, I do also like the bit where the cop's walking around and he just sees a bunch of people, like, partying and making out. And Tim Curry's like, oh, my God, it's not what you think I can explain. And he's like, no, it's all right. It's like, it's a free country. And he's like, oh, shit, for real? Like, he thinks he's totally cool with the murders. He's like, yeah. No way, for real? Like, that's yeah, awesome. He's like, it's America. It's a free country. And he's like, I didn't know it was that free. Yeah. <laughs> It's really I good. Yeah. Funny. I mean, honestly, the best part of this movie is the part where Tim Curry is running around the house and explaining the murders and, like, oh, yeah. knocking people over and throwing people down right. the stairs and hitting people. Like, it's hilarious. Yeah. No, I think what I wrote down um, for my uh, on my letterbox account whenever I watch a movie, I just write a quick little, like, one or two sentence review Blurb. just to make sure I'm staying engaged with the things I care about. Um, yeah. But what I wrote down for Clue was uh, the last half hour of this movie is so fun it almost makes you forget how not funny the rest of it is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that, that's I, I stand by that. I think, honestly, the best gag in this whole movie is where Tim Curry, the butler, is running around and, like, telling them how it did. So they're, like, going through all the events that happened throughout the movie. But so it's like, and then, the, and then the lights went out, and we found the dead body, and it turns out the lights, and everybody screams, and they turn the lights back on, and he's laying face down, and everyone's like, oh my right. god, the butler! And then he immediately gets up and keeps <laughs> yeah. talking, and it's really funny. I feel like every time I talk about a comedy, I say the sentence, it's really funny, over it's and over and over again. <laughs> because that part it is, really funny. and I have no way to show you that it was. Yeah, trust me, I laughed. <laughs> um, I laughed out loud. I was rolling on the floor <laughs> laughing. I raffled the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> I laughed my ass off while rolling <laughs> on the floor. How how many different combinations of I laughed acronyms can you put together? Like rolling on the floor laughing my ass off out loud. <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not silently. Um, so, uh, Adeline, any final thoughts? What are you, What's your big takeaway on Clue? The ended line of, I'm gonna go sleep with my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Too. Is really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think and this it's like movie... that freeze frame right afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and like that music starts playing. It's so great. It's really great. <laughs> But yeah, this movie has such a creative concept that it 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 was set up to be so cool and original and funny. And to their credit, they did pull off a lot of stuff. They just didn't right. fully do everything that I feel like they wanted to do, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah, I a, mean... It was a really good idea, and there are some really funny parts, and, like, having different endings is a really cool idea. They just, like, just didn't fully get to the finish line with any of their ideas. Yeah. There's... I just... I can't help but feel like the biggest problems with this are that it's not fast enough, and it's not edited enough. Yeah, (laughs) it needs... It definitely needs more editing. 
I think if you like improved those two things, this movie would be like way funnier and way more enjoyable to watch. Um, cause I got so sick of having to see every second of this thing play out on screen yeah. where it's like they walk between rooms and they draw straws and they all figure out which straws they are. And then they all each individually walk to different rooms. It's like, yeah. okay, Jesus. I guess the idea of showing every single minute, especially for something like a murder mystery, when you as the viewer want as much information as possible would be really cool if, again, if the camera movement was better. Because then yeah. it would feel like we were gaining all the information and we did have all the clues and we could figure it out. But again, because the camera's so tight and they don't show us everything, right. that, like, showing us every single second but then not showing us everything is just, like, they, like, <laughs> contradict each other. Like, you gotta either right. do both of them or do neither of them. Yeah, no, totally. Um... So, okay, let's move on to our, our second things. What do you have to offer today, Adeline? Well, what is your offering? Mine's a little bit of a cop-out, but only because I haven't read the thing that I'm going to be talking about. But, so <laughs> okay. I pre-ordered the second part of the Adventure Zone, the Murder on the Rockport Limited graphic novel, and my friend got it for me for Christmas, but it came out in July. So it's being delivered to his house. So he has my thing. And I would have read <laughs> okay. it. Writ, I would have read it. I read it. I read it and you'll read it. And you loved it. That's a fetch I read it and too. I read it. And I want you want to you read, read it. it. Okay, my anyway. thing's going to be fetch pants. I'm changing my thing right now. Okay, good. <laughs> we should do a whole episode about fetch pants. No, God, I think I already told you I want to do an episode about Fetch Pits for April Fool's Day, but I'm going to edit that out of the podcast if we Yeah, it's just going to be us saying it. It's really funny over and over yeah. again. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to read it. And I read it, and I read it, and you read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I can't say this sentence without wanting to make that joke. I know. <laughs> okay, so for the people not in the loop, the Fetch Pits of Blair is this, like, feature-length YouTube poop of an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on YouTube, and (laughs) I discovered it when I was in, like, my junior year of high school, (laughs) and it is truly, like, one of the funniest things in the world. It's so Um, good. And it's just, like, so ingrained in both of our consciousnesses. I'll never forget, uh, there was a moment when I was at SFCC where I was in a play where one of the characters was just named the president, and somebody was like, is the president here? And I was like, is Press Assessment there? And everyone just like looked at me. <laughs> and I was like, it's from a stupid internet thing. Never mind. So, so do you know what YouTube poop is? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I like any YouTube poop as much as I like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, like they're like, always... They're never as funny as you want them to be. Yeah. Like, Fresh Prince is the only one I've ever seen where I was like, damn... This is really funny. Like, you nailed (laughs) it, dude. Like, I could watch this multiple times. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, sometimes YouTube poop just, like, goes too far to the point where it's, like, incomprehensible anymore. But, like, Fetch Pins is, like, just on that level that I can still comprehend it. Yeah, it's got a a narrative structure to it. I mean, it does. Like, it follows (laughs) an episode and, like, makes its weird own little plot throughout the episode. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's so great. Okay. Continue your thing you are talking about. kills the guy. (laughs) <laughs> I know how we're gonna help Will We have to attack him <laughs> Then they just like shoot laser beams Did he not feel him. pain when he was hurt? I mean I mean I mean Did he not shit Did he not drear shit? 
<laughs> got a leg in one hand and a chicken waffles in the other. You know what I mean? That's a leg in one hand and a prayer in the other. You know what I'm saying? That's right. God, it's so good. Okay. Murder on the Rockport Limited, Adeline. It's really good. <laughs> so I just got the graphic novel for it. I've had the first one for forever. I think I already talked about it. As I don't... It's, I've never had the Adventure Zone, just like the podcast, as my secondary thing. Because it's such a big thing that it's kind of a weird to just like have a second be like, you should listen to the Adventure Zone. It's really good. There's like 69 episodes of it. Go listen to it. <laughs> but so I feel more comfortable co- talking about the graphic novels because there's it's more... It's easy for someone to just pick up and read because it's a graphic novel without having to commit to the entire podcast, which you should listen to because it's really good, but just saying it's easier to read the graphic novel. Right. Uh, But yeah. No, the Murder on the Rockport Loaded is (laughs) maybe one of my favorite murder mysteries because it's it's handled so good, but it also, it's like Clue has so much baggage behind it because it's Clue. Like it has <laughs> right. to, it has to be Clue. But when it's just you and your family playing D&D, it can be silly and everything's fine. Like there's one of the NPCs who's like a suspect. It's just a wizard who has the word juicy written across his butt and on his robes. And it's just like <laughs> stuff like that. It's like. There are high stakes because there's a murderer and they're trying to get the artifact, but like at the same time, it's like we're there to have fun and humiliate a child detective over and over again. <laughs> so yeah, Murder on the Rockport Limited is probably, I think that's the story where they kind of they were like solidified the characters of D and D, like they weren't playing D and D as just a juke go a whoa. Murder on the Rockport Limited was the story in the Adventure Zone where they kind of figured out that they weren't just playing D&D as a goof or a joke anymore. They were, like, actually creating a cohesive story. Right. So that's when you get, like, great characters like Angus MacDonald and you get all the bunch of great NPCs. You get Jenkins, the <laughs> train attendant that just couldn't give any amount of a shit. <laughs> and it's just, you just see the beginnings of this really cool story, and it's handled really well, and the characters are really fun. And the graphic novel just came out, so you should go pick it up. And that's why I really liked it. <laughs> Great, because it just came out. Because it just it came out, and I'm a goldfish, and if I don't look at it, I will forget about it. <laughs> it's I the have only no thing object permanent. In my, in my current world right now, and that's why I really like it. <laughs> I see it. This, I, we already said this. This goof is okay. over. <laughs> so uh, my thing today is a, um, a a YouTube channel, but more specifically a couple of videos. Um, Adam Neely is somebody who does um, sort of music theory video essays on YouTube. Um, and they're, like, really and truly, I think, some of the best produced like video essay guy talking to a camera style videos on YouTube. Um, And, you know, it's not really for everybody because he talks pretty in depth about some pretty like complicated music theory ideas that like even somebody like me who is pretty into the ideas about music theory and knows what I'm talking about to a certain extent, he still like totally loses me sometimes. (laughs) But like, um, they're just, they're so... They're so, like, wonderfully produced, and they have such a strong momentum, and they're so well-edited that they're just fascinating to watch, even when you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. Um, 
But there are two videos in particular that I want to single out. Um, one of them came out about a year ago, and the other one came out this week, where he talks about um, there's a certain group of people on the internet who think that tuning music to 432 hertz versus 440 hertz is like this spiritual revelation. Um, and he basically just goes through all these things that people say and just totally debunks them like one by one by one. And it's really, yeah. really good. Um, so basically the idea is like when you're tuning an instrument, the like standard in the world is that a, that tone should be 440 Hertz. Um, and this is pretty much arbitrary. It's just like a tone that we've all decided has will be that's what a is mm. and throughout history there have been different versions where the standard was slightly different but it was adjusted up or down slightly for various practical reasons and it doesn't really mean anything but that's just the way it is right now it's 440 yeah um and there's this conglomerate of people on the internet and it's all like total like pseudoscience bullshit that's oh like, you know they're all witches you know yeah no exactly they're all witches um that think that if you tune your music to a equals 432 hertz instead the evidence is all about like the schumann frequency which is like the resident frequency of the earth um, oh i thought that is, was the ghost frequency um uh, it might that might also be part of it because it's all bull anyway but <laughs> it's all so, made like, up don't worry about it so the basically what it is it's like when you're extrapolating other notes from A equals 440, the, like, hertz value, the, like, tone value of all the other notes is, like, really weird math with, like, crazy decimals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But 432 divides more, much more nicely, so the numbers you get are, like, nice whole numbers when you're looking at other notes. And that's a big part of it, because it's just, like, whole numbers are good and decimals are bad, so therefore... This version yeah. is more spiritually If I've learned anything from elementary school math. <laughs> right, exactly. That decimals are scary. But yeah, but it's also like the Schumann frequency is the resonant frequency of the Earth as an object. And it's about 8 hertz. And all the numbers in 432 tuning are divisible by 8. But, and you know, part of that is that the Schumann frequency isn't actually 8 hertz. It's like 7.84 hertz or something like that. Yeah, so even it's, not, still, it's a that scary decimal. Whack. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. Um, so, yeah, so he just goes through, like, bit by bit and debunks all these huge myths about why tuning your music slightly lower isn't going to, like, realign your chakras and, like, give you this <clears throat> spiritual release. Because, like, there's a reason we do things the way we do them. And, like, if 432 really was better, we'd be tuning all our instruments to 432. <laughs> yeah, we would like, be doing that. Um, yeah, so it's two different videos. The first one is just called A equals 432 hertz. And the second one is called Testing 432 hertz frequencies and temperature. They're both really, really great, and I would highly recommend them. Um, yeah, they're just really fascinating videos, even if you don't have a strong background in music theory. They're still intelligible and interesting, and that's why I really like them. Yeah, I said something about the ghost frequency. I don't know if that's a thing. I just remember they were talking about when they were debunking ghosts in, like, old, like, famous haunted buildings where they, like, took, like, real scientific equipment there. They found that, like, a majority of, like, old buildings just, like, had this super low tone in them that made people feel uncomfortable. And so people were saying, like, it's not ghosts, it's this just low frequency that freaks you out. And then other people were like, no, that low frequency is a ghost. They were like, no, it's (laughs) not. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, hey, Adelaide, do you want to hear a five-star review of Clue? I do. 
this review comes from Malm Rose on letterbox.com. Uh, this person gives this movie five stars and they say, I want to fuck everybody in this film. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> All right. My name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Ellie McMurray. And this is No Nerds Allowed. And there are no nerds allowed. How many Just people that. in this movie do you want to fuck, Adeline? <laughs> <laughs> Just give a number. Just give me a number. 69. <laughs> That's a lie. I just I just want to have sex with Tim Curry and nobody else. It's probably three. All right. <laughs> mine's thirty-two divisible by eight. Mine, mine's eight. The Schumann frequency. <laughs> and we will Schumann frequently. And, God, I just want to Schumann Tim Curry. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.